This is a news laundry podcast. Welcome to NL Hafta. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of News Laundry Hafta. I'm Abhinandan Sekri. Angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Today our guest is a, a very uh, experienced and well-known journalist from the online space. Before I introduce him, uh, actually I'll introduce him now. It's Aaj Jagannathan. Hi Jaggi. Hi. Uh just to f- those of our ill-informed viewers who don't know who Jaggi is, uh he is a former editor in chief of firstpost.com uh in fact you were the uh, founder editor also right jaggi yeah that's right hmm? uh and uh, now you are with uh i'll be joining the swarajya uh, uh, you know online publication yeah you but you've yet to join swaraj so right yeah, in between yeah, the not two. yet joined yeah you have a, a foot in both boats <laughs> you're doing an ajay devgar huh? you're doing what ajay devgar did in phool aur kaante one one foot on each mobile <laughs> obviously you don't watch good cinema so you didn't know the reference uh, also uh, you uh, have been uh, in journalism for 30 years you were the financial express business standard daily news and analysis business world now that we've introduced you i'll just do a customary uh, introdu- introduction of our hafta um our plugging pay to keep news free campaign uh, please click on i pay to keep news free and subscribe to news laundry remember when the public pays the public is served when corporations play corporations are served feel free to disagree jaggi uh nl hafta is available on soundcloud as well on itunes if you're listening to this podcast on soundcloud you can find the itunes link below in the description also for those listening on soundcloud the references to the pieces that we mention in this podcast are available at the bottom of the news laundry page podcast and not on soundcloud page a lot of you write in asking where the links to the references those will only be available on the news laundry page for the podcast not on the soundcloud page uh, also i'd like to plug our other podcast the fortnightly podcast in collaboration with biraj swain global summits where are we going uh, we'll be having the next episode up this week or it's already up actually the next episode is up in this episode we've discussed the upcoming 10th ministerial conference of the world trade organization and what it means for india do have a listen and uh, get back with your feedback and comments on news laundry uh, on our facebook page on twitter or on contact at newslaundry.com so let's start straight uh, into what subject do you want to start with jaggi and sorry before i uh, there's uh, arunab here hi arunab manisha hello and uh, madhu hi So Jaggi Oz what do you want to start with what did what, what do you think was remarkable in the news coverage this week I mean I think the thing that dominated was obviously the Amir Khan statement at the Indian Express Awards it uh, sort of overshadowed the awards themselves hmm. the <laughs> topic shifted to uh, what he meant or didn't mean and what he should have said or not said right about the whole intolerance debate so I think <laughs> the awards might have got uh, unnecessary the sideline actually so the journalism didn't get their uh, thing it's the controversy that got and why up. do you think that is why why did everybody run with that i mean i i didn't think it warranted the kind of coverage it got madhu what do you think not at all and you because i was there hmm. and it was said in a conversation and there was somehow the word if any sentence translates translates to the word intolerance it becomes like bhoot aa gaya and the reaction is bhoot aa gaya bhoot aa gaya and then the whole the tribes start doing what they think they're supposed to do i think he said it in a very conversational term uh, uh, in in a in a style in which he was asked uh, twice by anand goenka that do you feel that there's a change in atmosphere <coughs> basically he said yes uh, that it's worrying 
and in a discussion with his wife, obviously there has been some kind of reaction. The little child has got in school being half Muslim. And uh, I'm sure there are kids from the Sena or from other groups, children from there, who might have taunted him. So for a mother, it could be scary. But why did it become prime time? Why do you think, Jackie? Why did it become prime I think time? It's, I, I think it's just basically the Bhut syndrome, that intolerance has become like a prime time thing. It's really a nothing state. Is it a TRP cracker? That's why. No, I don't know if it's a TRP cracker because people are also getting fed up and bored with it. I think it's their perception of the TRP cracker. Jaggi? Yeah. I would think so. I think that uh, I think the media has got hold of something. They think that uh, I think the BJP they think is running scared of it. So I think instead of uh, I think that's why they see the booth under the word every time. But uh, I think the media thinks that uh, it sort of raises a hackle. So I think they sort of go run with it because only if you have a topic that uh, raises hackles all around and somebody can gloat over it and somebody can get angry about it, then only you get the TRPs. That's why I think, otherwise it's a deadbeat debate. I think there is nothing really to it beyond the fact that we want to drum it up. No, and somebody is feeling a little insecure. Say, for example, a Dalit. Or say somebody from Manipur or Assam, when all that violence or threats of violence towards them because of their facial features being different from a Hindu Brahmin male or female. Um, and they said, if somebody then at that point said, I do feel insecure, it doesn't mean that they hate the country and they should leave the country. It's basically just that they feel insecure because of things that are happening around them. So why should we translate it to lack of patriotism? I don't understand. What, what do you think, Marisha, about its coverage? I think it was definitely deserving. It was newsworthy and it deserved the coverage it received. Um, maybe not the flack that it received. I think we're getting confused between the flack and the news coverage because... Do you think, sorry, Amir Khan's uh, uh, statement deserved for primetime debates? I think it deserved... I don't watch primetime debates, was but it deserved front-page news. Uh, it deserved a front-page news item because he, if you heard it carefully, it was one, he supported the, so to speak, about Vapasi movement. And then he did, it was a subtle critique of the cu current government because he says that one of the things that make you feel insecure is when you look at your elected, elected representatives and see the kind of things they say. And over the last eight months, I feel despondent when I look at what these guys are talking about. So this was a direct critique of the government after Shah Rukh Khan's statement. So no, it was I like the agree. second big hmm. I think this statement is a, made by... This is the problem with journalism that... The nuance is lost, and you take the meaning that you want to project on it because he didn't say, I'm criticizing the government. He didn't say that. But yeah, but then you're pushing, excuse me, one second. You're pushing meaning, which is exactly what happened. What do they, you think, Arunab? They you one second, on they projected a meaning into it, and when the initial part of the statement, in which, <coughs> what was the first part that you said? He said two things. He said there are two things that make a citizen feel secure. One is that a faith in justice delivery mechanism, and second is you look at how your leaders you know, instill faith in you. And over the last eight months, I feel that leaders have come out with statements. I mean, his, the crux of his uh, answer Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, the point is, is it newsworthy or not? I mean, yes, what he said is accurate. going to project it as, it's, he said something to support, like, the two teams. That's how it was projected. No, no, and I think, I think that's he, a mistake. That he made clear that this happens in... Okay, and he also said that violence happens everywhere. But when does violence or incidents of violence start threatening you or when does it make you start feeling insecure is when the government, people in the government start 
coming right. out with the things uh, arunab you haven't spoken also uh, anand has joined us hi Hello. anand jaggi is online oh. anand hi jaggi you haven't missed you're just 8 minutes late was it the traffic anand uh sorry i was stuck in a meeting your view yeah i think uh, prime time did go slightly overboard or quite overboard but then prime time has been going overboard like forever now so i don't think that's a yardstick of you know what news is and i think i agree with manisha i i i mean i think as journalists you know you know when somebody says something you know a point is to the point is to make help people make sense of it by giving a certain sense of context to it so there was obviously a subtext to what he said so i don't think the media polarized his statement or made it about two camps i think that happened on social media so uh, and uh, i i don't think uh, i mean honestly you know if you look at the newspapers i don't think they went overboard you know there was uh, express obviously carried it for obvious reasons you know because mm, that their platform it was their platform and everybody else carried uh, you know some i mean i mean carried one news item about it which i think was fair and and uh, and yeah so i don't think prime time should be considered a yardstick of you know what news coverage is anyway and i think it's got the most impact uh, sorry anand you want to come in before we go back to jaggi uh, this is about the amir khan amir uh, anand is here he's he's a bit late uh, so um, yeah uh, we were of the view that did it warrant the kind of like for prime times two days no i uh, it certainly did not uh, although i I I mean I personally don't agree with Amir Khan saying that intolerance has increased. Uh, But he didn't say those mm-hmm. words. He didn't say that. That's so, the whole that's uh, my point yeah. that the way people are perceiving it is the way it was projected by the media that you project an old idea of intolerance bogey and then it becomes that when he never say, he didn't even say I support the he says I support protests in a democracy if they're peaceful. That's what he said. Yeah but it's in reinterpreted into a projected idea of history of what has happened and all that and it's projected and he was saying something completely different in a nuanced way no but that was in response to a question about returning awards so he said uh, yes no, i support uh, okay. i have the i have the correct quotes uh. so these are the three things that he said i'm quoting him mm. i have also been alarmed i can't deny i have been alarmed by a number of incidents right second thing he says in the last 6 to 8 months there has been a growing sense of despondency and the third thing he says is for the first time kiran says should we move out of india mm-hmm. so these are the three things so judging and by I, but I, one very by, crucial and thing and i said a disastrous idea and i think i and i told her a disastrous thing to yeah, do yeah he also yeah. said it's so a disastrous I, I, I idea no he said he didn't say he didn't say it was a disastrous idea he said it was a devastating or it was disastrous for her to say that mm. and that yeah, leaving so that out he was not giving his opinion no, of what le- he thought of kiran's remark no but leaving that disaster part yeah is very much like leaving out the second half of what narendra modi said about chain and reaction he said as you remember that we don't want either now leaving out this amir khan's thing that to hear that was like a shock to him because he's for the the understanding that i got was that for people who are so loyal to their country and love their country it was only a disaster because he heard it coming from her mouth and he couldn't believe it but that that nuance is lost right but i mean on the and other the, hand and the whole thing is that they want to leave they want to leave go of course i mean the media was completely they took it the other way but i mean having said that he did not uh, say that it was disastrous i thought it was a disastrous thing uh, because i disagreed with her mm. you see i think uh, Uh, who was the anchor there oh, i forget he was the chair yeah i'm going to he should have gone on i mean any journalist said what is your opinion 
Do you want to leave India? I mean, you shouldn't have waited for Amir Khan to come up with a statement next day saying that me and Kiran don't would never love no, this no, country. No, no, Anand, there's, uh, there's a difference. He did not say that Kiran says, I want to leave India. Yeah, of course not. She, he, the way he said it was that she's becoming so frightened. Should we move out of India? That this question she raised the question yeah. in fear sure. that should we move out of India? And he was saying it like, you know, we've been cornered, we feel cornered. Not that we, we are feeling cornered and despondent. Now, when you say the word despondent, it means that somebody, of your, something, somebody has let you down. Somebody of your own has let you down. There's no anger there. There's despondency. There's a big difference. And I think the interpretation of this whole story shows how journalism projects precedence into a story which doesn't even exist. Which I think is inevitable. We'll move on. We are giving it too much attention ourselves. Uh, <laughs> I mean, can I just say that I, okay. I agree with at least two of Amir Khan's statements. Mm. One is that uh, uh, not in the last six to eight months, but probably in the last one year, there has been a growing sense of despondency mm. about the inaction of the government in fulfilling its promises. Mm. So, um, and I would probably go further than, although the context of despondency, for other uh, reasons, uh, uh, you know, of Amir Khan might be different from my this thing, but there ja is certainly Jaggi? despondency. So, Jaggi, um, are you want something to say on this, or should we move on to the next? But first of all, I would like to uh, ask Jaggi. Uh, so, there's I think this everybody wanting to bring down this intolerance to just six months or eight months. It's actually, I think it's a bit much. I don't think, uh, I don't think we have been a very tolerant nation before that, before May 16th last year either. Mm. So we just choose to focus now on the intolerance. So that's the difference. But okay, that's the way it is. So fine. Okay, Anand had a question for you, Jaggi. Yeah, Jaggi. Uh, hi, Jaggi. Uh, I have a question for you. Are you an Aryan or a Dravidian? A Dravidian? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> this is controversy. Thought, thought genetic evidence is now so mixed up that I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> no, okay. the, the context is that today, huh. uh, uh, the Congress, Malikarjun um, Khar, Khar, Kharge, he stands up in the Lok Sabha and says, we are the original inhabitants of India. We Achha, are Dravidians and you guys, i.e. theory. Yeah, and you guys, i.e. the BJP, he hmm. was addressing someone, Rajnath Singh Rajnath, maybe, Rajnath. you guys are the Aryans. Achha. And he was saying it when Sonia Gandhi was sitting next to him. Uh, <laughs> the kind of things that will strengthen the Hindutva guys. Because now we can say all these Muslims came from abroad, they are not local fellows and things like that. It is the kind of argument you use in India. I mean, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, um, uh, Anand, why don't you go with the next? Or, uh, Jaggi, you're the guest. You start. Uh, I know Anand on Twitter appreciated the Barkha Smriti interview. I a did. lot. I, uh, I, I, I just got uh, excerpts of it. Uh, what did you think of that interview, Jaggi? And did you see any other really good interviews this week? I only saw the tail end of that interview. But I thought, I mean, I thought um, uh, uh, Smriti came across quite well. Because I find that she's very good in one-on-one -on -one interviews. And um, uh, even earlier, I think when she did an interview with Arnab, she came off looking good of that. Mm. So I think it's quite clear that uh, she's wasted in the ministry. She should be in a political role. Yeah, for the BJP, because she's a feisty and uh, minces no words and comes across very clean and strong. You know, I mean, I think I was quite appreciating of it, though I don't think she makes a great HRD minister. But the interview was a good one and it uh, brought, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't think Barkha is a friend of hers, but it's still, uh, she came off quite well. Why do you think the interview is great, uh, um, Anand? No. Yeah, um, I think for uh, a couple of reasons. I think one is, I remember Madhu saying this probably a few haftas ago, that out of all the people who, uh, who interview 
uh, you especially enamored with the way Barkha goes about. I'm not her. enamored by anyone on earth. <laughs> okay. Never use that word with uh, me. Uh, enamored is the wrong word. You like the way Barkha goes I think, about. I think she's a good interviewer. She's she's excellent. She yeah. gets it right. Yeah, so and she connects. She, she's personable with the person. She asks tough questions, but she doesn't shriek it out. Right. So I, and I another example of a really brilliant interview that she did with journalism students should watch is when you don't want to ask any hard questions, but you have to do the interview, is an interview with Tina Brown. Right. It was a fluff interview and it was done brilliantly. So, I mean, when you mentioned this, uh, you know, I, I, at that point of time, I didn't quite agree with it because I had, having seen her interviews of Arvind Kejriwal and uh, Amartya Sen, mm. I thought she didn't ask the questions which were very most logical that anybody would have asked. But uh, in the Smriti interview, I thought, you know, compared to Rajdeep's interview of Smriti and uh, Arnab, I think there is this thing that people judge the interviewee, the interviewer judges... By aggression. The, no, not by aggression, by, you know, kind of slots him or her. So you will ask only specific kind of questions. You know, it's kind of, you, you dumb it down, uh, despite the fact that the interviewee may not want that. You know, so Rajdeep's interview of uh, Smriti, which I had, uh, you know, commented upon, happened a few months ago. This was a not complimentary, I'm certain. No, it, it wasn't. I, I didn't like it for the fact that, I mean, I think Rajdeep asked all, you know, poorly researched. Yeah, he's was, not good at And he asked all the wrong questions and that kind of goaded Smriti Irani wrongly, in my opinion, to become even more combative and answer questions yeah. that, is, that, that doesn't a, befit. That, that was a terrible interview, yeah, I agree. You know, doesn't befit an HRD minister. Hmm. So in this case, I, you know, I think Barkha asked a lot of questions, good questions. Uh, most of it, apart from the end bit, uh, where it degenerated into Vadra and Rahul and you know the mm, usual mm, claptrap mm. thing, but I think most were on HRD and you know uh, important questions, especially uh, on Kakotkar, where some explosive revelations. You know, but Kakotkar's response was uh, as convincing, which is what I think is interesting about you know. Uh, the follow-up was one. excellent. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You want to say something on the interview? Did you see it? No, I, I didn't watch it. Uh, Anything Jaggi, that you like? Jaggi. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'll I just think get Kakotkar made some important points. I think he, he said that she finished off some in, uh, interviews of some 30 guys in some 5-6 hours and all that. It's a very cursory thing. Three days. That was yeah. a very important point. That she was handling important responsibilities as though they are some ordinary everyday events. You know. So I thought uh, that he made a very strong point there and I think she needs to answer that. Hmm? That's a good point to make. Huh? Right. But ab about the fact that Kakotkar took his guy, what did he have to say? He said that we are a search committee. We are, we are a, uh, not a selection committee. So A, the rule doesn't say that her claim was that only those who have applied for the job responding to the advertisement can be interviewed. He says there is no such rule. She's making up her own rule. And things like that are... Uh, you he know, says eminent people don't apply to an ad and we want the best. So we will approach the people who we see, which is normal. Right. Is, so it's, so, so I mean, if he was within the rules, then uh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see the... So, she, so if you're going to yeah. be technical and say you can only take people who apply, then you're going to get maybe sometimes only desperate people. But, but one will have to see the charter of the organization that can you... Because he says we are called a search committee, we're not called a selection committee. So we actually search for people. We don't just select who applied. And that has been the past, so he says... Uh, she's, uh, you know, incorrect. Uh, Ma Manisha, you haven't spoken. You have some comments to make on this before you I move didn't on. see the interview, but I was wondering what you guys thought about uh, Smriti Rani's spat with Anubhuti Vishnoi yeah. right before the interview. Yes. Uh, there was a story that came out in the Economic Times that spoke about her recommending 5,000 uh, students for the Kendra Vidyalayas. It's a quota and it's a four-fold jump, I think. If that's what... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a four-fold jump. And after which Smriti got really angry and she 
kind of personally attack the uh, journalist hmm. on Twitter well, I had and a bit said, of a spat hmm. with her and I mean and she did interact with me with about you know seven or eight tweets hmm. because I was appalled by the language she used yeah. and the fact that you know saying that uh, it is for this reason talking to the reporter this is this reason that I have uh, unsubscribed to ET and uh, you know all that so what I, is she I think, so upset about yeah. So what is the issue? Well, so to her, me, her she recommended. <coughs> no, what's the no, actually? I mean, sorry. What what I think was, I think the report itself was very bland. It just stated a fact. Huh. It didn't go into the details of who were giving these recommendations. But the ET view, I believe, was problematic because they said this is, you know, going against Narendra Modi's agenda of. Uh, uh, going against corruption, but fighting true. corruption. Why was it problematic? But how do you know to say to conflate this into an argument that this is corruption? Is it's a big thing to say? You for corruption, you have to prove exactly. So who there's, there's no quid pro quo. Exactly. That's the rule they're entitled to suggest uh, to, and, uh, to recommend. And uh, Congress MPs uh, send in recommendations, and this is generally for underprivileged children. So again. this was by implication, which she was upset about, and she could have handled it better. She could have. She shouldn't. She gave the story more attention with her. But I think that's the problem. Uh, you know, too much of freak out. With, no, but you know, there, with, there with Smriti Rani, and this is, I think, Anand and I disagreed exactly. on this the last time also, that we, um, I mean, I feel that whenever she's doing an interview, it's like, you know, when you're in your early 20s and you want to show how clever you are, I can get one up on you. Uh, Smriti has that kind of attitude. It's really childish that I showed him that place. Dekh, I usko dikha diya. That I showed him that is, you know, Sanju Verma is like that on Twitter. You know, I think when you have that kind of position, the way you conduct yourself is like, for example, Arun Jaitley. I think when he's attacked in an interview, he handles it really well. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, anything let's else? Let's move to the next one. Have to is say, it Rahul okay, Gandhi? The Rahul, <laughs> speaking of handling interviews well. Jaggi, uh, Rahul Gandhi, did you see the bit in the school? Uh, yeah, I saw. I saw the <laughs> some parts of it, yeah. Okay, sorry, before, before I come to that, Jaggi, I have a question for you. If anyone has any questions for Jaggi, please feel free. Yeah. You know, each time I say when corporations pay, corporations are served and public pays, public is served. Uh, and if you don't want to, you know, talk about this, that's fine because, you know, you're on your way out from first post. Uh, you know, you were heading the newsroom of one of the largest online properties, which is uh, pretty much owned by the Reliance Group. Do you think when I keep hopping on that, uh, does it piss you off? Does it annoy you? Or do you think there is some truth to that? Uh, is the model fun fundamentally flawed, an advertising model? Especially See, if it's... No, no. I mean, I have a very nuanced view on this. Mm. I don't think there is something called perfect objectivity. Mm. Because uh, I think... So a corporation running uh, a media house is not something of, that's a big no-no for me. Provided they are clear why they are into it. And also they have a clear set of guidelines on how they are going to handle conflicts of interest. Huh? Now, when that uh, thing is not clarified up front, then you have a problem. That is, I think, was what the problem was when with Reliance running uh, Network 18 and other things. That really was what the problem was. And in your experience, by and large, do corporate houses clarify that generally? No, they don't. You know, that is the thing. I mean, I, I, unless you're working in a very small corporate house, like, say, a Kotak, which owns the business standard, I don't think these lines are very clearly drawn. Because if you say, okay, these are go-no-go no -go areas, and you can even put it up on your website saying that, look, this is, we are owned by these guys, and generally we are careful when we are reporting these issues. Huh? where there are conflicts of interest. So that if that is there, then the rest of it at least will be unblemished and will not be affected by the, the blind spot in the coverage. But when you don't state it, then it is presumed 
that uh, you are only mirroring what your uh, in fact i had a problem i mean like say there are times when i wanted to say reliance was doing the right thing but uh, then uh, I, if i say ha huh, these guys would have i could never say anything positive about them even when they're doing it you know and so, negative so that there is it work cuts both ways i don't think what they gain by owning a media house okay uh, but uh, do you think this was an issue uh, down the line in the staff in first post no no see uh, i think till uh, about 2 2 3 months back we were <laughs> living fairly independently then i think i happened to write something on arun jetli and then there was some, <laughs> uh, a bit of a push down on that you know a push so, down meaning huh meaning push down no in the sense that um, uh, the one of the reasons why i agreed to pull it down was that because i wrote it on my own and then but um, these guys i mean somebody from the uh, board came and say that look Uh, the government thinks that we got you to write this huh? okay i said since that was not the case i am happy to pull it down and put it on my personal blog but the thing is like that was the reason why i pulled it down otherwise it i would have just i would have gone out myself but that was not the case but the problem is like you know i think they get blamed for things that they don't do you know but uh, that's the problem i mean which is why if they don't clarify what their position is in all between ownership and the journalism they represent Uh, they are going to be blamed for things they don't do and they may uh, <laughs> even when they have done nothing actually i j- we'll just move on just i had one follow up question jaggi i mean i've known you and for our viewers also jaggi is a very even tempered person and one of the reasons actually he's one of my favorite editors because uh, you allow all sorts of views there's no your view must prevail i mean i saw a lot of um, piece on first post that would you know go completely against what you've written and stuff and i think that's what makes any media organization great uh so um uh, all all the good luck with that in swaraj i don't see that much of that in swaraj i see more of that in first post in swaraj i just see one point of view uh, but uh, did that piss you off when you were asked to pull something down i mean you're even tempered you're a very gentle kind kind of guy at least when you meet us <laughs> but <laughs> did, did you like say like why the hell should i i mean no, you know uh, because yeah, I, i'm I mean, saying from the point of view you have to go back to your newsroom and if someone's going to ask you you get what i'm saying as an editor to face your newsroom does it did it make your blood boil yes and no in the sense when something is arbitrary it definitely makes your blood boil but if something is uh, a policy then one should not because you come into a thing uh, see when you're working whether in whatever job you're working you work according to a certain set of rules laid down by the employer you know so you say okay these are areas where you don't do but when that is clarified then there's no problem but when it is not clarified it is going to be a uh if he thing and somebody going to come in and uh, say something whenever ad hoc like, day to day mm. that's the problem huh? but did they did they get this uh the idea to pull it down from you think a directive from the government or a ministry or did they just preempted that the government will be upset so we want to take it down see i don't know because i can only know from what i was told so i don't have information on whether Uh, they they did it of their own bat or because there was some other pressure so i can't uh, presume any such thing but to the extent i felt that uh, okay they, i mean they got wrongly blamed for something that i did not do i thought theek hai let me but why is it a blame if you critique criticize the government i agree i agree it's not a blame <laughs> i know i know well, in fact that is one of the problems actually critique kiya chori nahi ki i agree i agree i mean which is why i was a bit of a dilemma but i thought if it was a one off thing i thought i'll oblige because largely i felt that uh, something you get i mean you get uh, anyway 
these fellows are not good in the media game so that's the problem they okay um, anand why don't you start with what what next do you want to go on rahul gandhi we didn't finish with him yeah we haven't even started with him mm. <laughs> Uh, so Anand, why don't you? Meanwhile, uh, Jaggi yeah, catches so, his breath. Sorry, yeah. So I just I, I don't know whether we discussed this because I was five minutes late. But did we discuss the uh, what happened with Snap Deal? Uh, no, we didn't. No. We didn't. I think that I think more than the outrage or the outrageous outrage on Amir Khan, what shocked me was what people were trying to do to Snap Deal. That's my personal opinion. I got a tremendous amount of flack and mm. trolling all through yesterday and day before. Uh, you know, people are trying to hit Snap Deal. not because snap deal has uh, you know give provided them a bad service or given them a bad product but because someone has advertised for snap deal or and they don't like the opinion the, right. the gentle opinion of that person so i you know you can you can give three or four analogies and you know there's always uh, when someone has entrenched point of view you will always say oh that's a silly analogy there's that so the analogies are Amir Khan has also advertised or brand ambassador for the government of India for mal against malnutrition. So does that mean to say you don't agree with Amir Khan? You're not going to contribute uh, or you know give any chanda <laughs> or, or any uh, thing for Amitabh Bachchan? You know has advertised for so many things. Uh, you know for the government. Yeah, I completely agree. That was a ridiculous so thing. So ridiculous, that and people are trying to say this is uh, this is liberty. This is libertarianism. No, of course you can do it, but I think it's a dumb thing to do. Of course you can do it. It's, it's, it's a really it dumb morally thing. right or wrong. That is what the. Yeah, I just think it's is. dumb. Uh, Arunabh Yavan's question. How did Snapdeal react? Sorry. How did Snapdeal react? So snap deal in fact i was uh, i mean they reacted the normal way they said that we uh, we dissociate it has not, amir's opinion has nothing to do with snap deal it's his personal opinion it's his personal opinion and uh, we are also working in digital india so i thought they kind of put the skewers uh, in no and we are working hame giraoge to bhaiya and no to make an inclusive digital india i think it was a very bland vanilla statement it they weren't distancing themselves I, I was expecting them to I say that dismayed. we stand by amir's right to his opinion yeah. or yeah. yeah. they can say themselves yeah i think I would they were distancing themselves i would have preferred had they yeah, stood up yeah they could have been much braver about it but isn't this isn't expecting too much from the business world yeah yeah i think see businesses have to look at what is good for them so they are not going to businesses consistently do uh for play it safe so i don't think snap deal did anything different so i mean you can't blame them for anything well, i do blame them because i blame the business community for not standing up for what is right and only looking at money Hmm. and profit that is well, madhu if you I look at the asocam ads that are coming nowadays i mean this is just ridiculous i just have one psychofancy to a level that yeah. even ministers don't do mujhe to rana oh. sahab ke chehra it has been imprinted in my head because every morning when i see his photo <laughs> yes. grinning like for the longest time sorry arun but on, on this short. subject the world over when there have been any kind of scandals usual sexual scandals or whatever and somebody is the face of a product that person is taken off right but that's what different reason actually mother we that's come to that uh, sorry arunab was just saying let arunab finish his point then we'll come no, back no i mean i won't ask this to anand i mean you've been a persistent and vociferous uh, critique of the whole rising intolerance narrative uh, and with good reason uh, i suppose uh, uh, on uh, don't you think uh, people you know uh, uninstalling snap deal yeah. and you know down down voting the app i mean isn't that intolerance i mean i think that is that is what you define intolerance as you know because you don't agree to a certain uh, point of view a person has you know you do everything that you possibly can to bring him down or something is asserted you know bring something is asserted bring down yeah. so let let me put it this way i i don't think this was the first case that happened i think people are in we indians are very fickle minded very emotional very impulsive but also there's one thing that amir khan and lot of other commentators said which is that by abusing me by trolling me you just proving my point mm. 
but that's not that's not actually true because the the trolling behavior has been going on for the last six years in fact you know when upa was in power there were probably more trolling there mm -hmm. so i don't think uh, the behavior of people when they're abusive or you know when they use also i think the context of intolerance was the uh, establishment you know the when face of the government says stuff you know either endorsing like uh, that soam about a clerk killing in dadri anyway and the fact of the matter i just want to add one thing is that people could actually do it because snapdeal has an app right. so for example amir khan also advertises for tata sky now i oh. didn't see anyone yeah. uninstalling the dish <laughs> or breaking their watch because oh. it's you know titan <laughs> so they could uninstall the app very quickly and you know it kind of went on it gathered speed like you know so But yeah because there are other brands he endorses why 20, did you just 15, choose snapdeal yeah. yeah. you know the point madhu was saying about someone like tiger woods when he was involved in sex scandal his market that was a different he wasn't articulating just a point of view he was involved in a scandal which was you know and this happens so, repeatedly in america because yeah, they also but it's always in scandal because because they you know screwed up on some bad behavior the reasons for the companies distancing themselves is not someone articulated the view but uh, before we come back to jaggi i just want to point out one thing uh, sunil alag was the no, ceo no, actually, of people uh, do a lot of things for political reasons in america okay mm -hmm. there are i mean uh, guys who uh, i mean there there's one uh, what Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, like that. Uh, what is that? They have this so-called Restoration of Freedom of Religion Act, which is basically you are supposed. If if you want to discriminate against LGBT community, it is within your religious rights to do so. Correct. And uh, I mean, uh, so there are people who sort of uh, don't use certain people who don't support this cause. Or I mean, they, I mean, this thing happens all the time there. Right. It is nothing to do with only bad behavior like a Tiger Woods. Uh, who cheated on his wife or whatever it is no no i'm saying a big brand dissociating dissociating themselves with the brand ambassador but i was just uh, blown away by uh, sunil alag's understanding of the relation between the brand and a brand ambassador on times now last night and yeah. each time i think that he's the he was a ceo of a company i'm like dude how the hell did he run that company he said that you know if you are a brand ambassador for coke you cannot drink pepsi which is true okay at least public can't be seen drinking pepsi because that's part of the contract He said, "Now, since he's an ambassador for Incredible India or the brand India, Amir Khan, him saying something against India could be breach of contract." I was like, "Fuck, are you serious?" But like, it wasn't against India. No, but forget no, that. You're making a point. But that means that means if you are, let's say, a brand ambassador for Swiss tourism, you can't go skiing in Sweden. Like, dude, it depends on the contract. It depends on what the contract says. In public, if I'm a tag hire brand ambassador, I cannot be caught wearing, you know, a Titan watch. I mean, there is no such thing that if you endorse one thing, then you cannot say X. You I know, I don't know. If I can just say because it's just I didn't know what Alex said this. Mm. I I mean I can actually kind of makes. I mean I'm appalled because I mean nobody should. But I can make kind of sense of this because if let us say uh, you know Amir is being paid, let us say you know being paid or various pro bono that please praise India. Okay, that is the contract. Incredible India. He comes in the ads and says India is the greatest country in the world. Next day. uh you know he says uh, well you know india is uh, a pathetic country he never said that he just no, no, said i'm feeling despondent no madhu i'm just making a, a larger <laughs> point it's been translated into in the sense you know india is a shitty country of course but you know like they caught shane won you know he was uh, he was advertising um, uh, nicorettes mm. you know chewing gums mm. and he was caught smoking exactly that's what i'm saying it it that is when that's part of your contract part I of mean, the contract how you how if it is not part of the contract but something like this cannot be part of a contract if you're the brand ambassador for a particular country you will you not visit another country what i'm saying is that Understanding of how it's a country, and I think it just shows the kind of level that is uh, the discussion. You should not be talking down the country, but like, yeah, of course, whether he actually did that is what is a matter of controversy. 
Right. If he was rubbishing India, there is a problem. I don't think he was quite doing that. So, I would say it's a gray area. I mean, but definitely he should not be running down the country if you are a brand ambassador. Wasn't I, running but I don't think he was trying to do that. Not so at all. That's a different thing. Huh? Okay. Uh, before we move on to Rahul, I just have one really quick quiz for everybody. Does everybody know what Desh is? Yes. Desh. Okay. One. Spelling. D. No. What is Desh? Daesh. 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 The Islamic State. Yeah. D-I-E. D-A-E-S-H. Daesh. Hmm. No. Okay, do you? Okay, Madhu no, Arnab no, Anand yes, no, Manisha no. yes. Jaggi? No, I have no clue. Okay, Daesh is the, the... How much of the Western media has decided they will address ISIS. Yeah. They will no longer call it ISIS. But this is one year ago. This a year Fra ago? Yeah, France coined it. France started. This is one year So ago. what will they call it? Okay, so they will call Desh. it Desh. I was listening Desh to a podcast. Really? No, 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 I'll just tell you what Desh means. Madhu used unparliamentary language right now. So we will not repeat what Desh means. And not only did she say, if, if they find out you said that, Madhu, they'll send their Mujahideen after I never you. said it, Manisha said it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll just quickly... But uh, I'll give you the reason why. I mean, one year ago, this, I don't know what happened now, but one year ago, France coined this term. And the reason for that is that a lot of... Uh, I think when Hollande came to power, uh, there was a lot of thing that let's not, uh, amongst the Muslim population in, um, uh, in France and in Turkey as well, that these guys do not represent Islam. So what they're saying is they are Islamic State, it is wrong. So let Correct. us call them by some other name. So yeah. th hence Daesh was called. But my problem with that is, I mean if somebody is like, if Madhu wants to call herself Madhu, how can I decide that you are Kiran? So it's ridiculous in one sense, but I think it's it's a kind How of appeasement. D-A-E-S-H. I was listening to a podcast and they kept referring it to it as Desh. I knew they were talking about ISIS, but I was like, why are they calling it Desh? So I googled and I you know, came to this article in The Independent. And it says basically, it's also uh, uh, not a complimentary thing. This The debate has been revived this week in a letter from several high-profile MPs, including Boris Johnson and Keith Vaz, which said the BBC should stop using the term Islamic State and ISIS. And Daesh stands for, uh, just I'll tell the viewer and all of us here who don't know, it is, it translates into Al-Dawla Al-Islamiyah Fil Iraq Wal Sham. So Al-Dawla Ka D, Hey, Babla. Al Dawla ka D. Al Islamia ka AI. Iraq to ignore Kardia. Or Wal Sham ka SH. To wo begangya Desh. And apparently, Desh is also not a. It's not, it it uh, translates to something that someone who crushes. The meaning, the Arabic like meaning. Deshat. So So that is now why, you know, they said BBC should use Desh. We should stop using Islamic State. So I even my. But it includes Islamia. Haan, but but it doesn't say Daesh, na, ISIS, but, but no one will... In fact, ISIS was earlier called ISIL, mm. Mm. Islamic Levant. State of Iraq and the Levant. Haan, but there's a normal no Levant is, yes. so... Especially Americans. So, anyway, uh, this article you can read and uh, figure out next time someone no, says there's an Daesh. explanation here. What's the difference between ISIS and Daesh? Uh, here it is. While Daesh, Daesh, how do you say it? Includes Daesh. Includes the word Islam. It does so for Arabs, not for yes. us, Turks. Mm. Turks. To put it simply, since Daesh does not include the letter L, you avoid underscoring Islam, or rather Daesh does not evoke is Islam as ISIS does. It's a bit too subtle. I mean, they could have named it something clearly not, which has no Islam in it. Anyway, so uh, what, does that matter, Jaggi, coming to you? Does I, it don't think, I don't think it matters, because ultimately states are about declaring themselves a state. It only is a, you become a state when first you declare yourself one, and next if 
a couple of your neighbors start recognizing you and treating you as a state, then you're the next state. States are all uh, power entities, and once they establish a territorial reach and a power, then they become self-fulfilling, you know, unless you manage to defeat it in war and send it underground again. So, But it I is mean, interesting why, uh, uh, you know, Lashkar-e-Taiba or Jaish-e-Mohammed, yeah. Yeah. That, that stand for the army of Mohammed, yeah, you know, the Lashkar, Nobody's asked them to change the name or nobody's addressing them with a different name. I think we are not so obsessed with political correctness in India as they are in the West. So I think that has something to do with it. Yeah, moving on to uh, Rahul's piece. Who wants to go? Uh, you want to start? Um, Manisha or Arnab, you haven't spoken in a while. Neither? Okay, Madhu, you want to start on this? Did um, you see the debate or did you yes, see Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. I saw it and I think I want to compliment Zaka Jacob mm. on the way he covered the story. He got four students from... Um, Mount Carmel College, Bengaluru. To give their um, responses, and they were very reasoned, measured, and not hysterical. And uh, my assessment of it is that Rahul gets what you call ideas. And this idea of going and giving them this opportunity to ask him questions and be this open new age journalist, I mean, sorry, new age politician, politician who will take questions and answer them sincerely. He comes from a nice, good place. That idea is a good idea. But he can't seem to be, he's not able to actually implement it. For example, that when he asked the question that do you think Swachin Bharat works, he should have anticipated that half the people or most of the people would say yes or no. If they said yes, he should have been prepared with an argument, with the facts and figures that, listen, you've got to know this. This was his opportunity to tell them that, okay, it's not working because of this. Same with Make in India, same with the job situation. So he's not prepared. Mm -hmm. He just goes into casually, like, no, it's a great opportunity for him. He tries to wing it. Yeah, he it should have counted. Winging, it, counter winging it is damaging him. Mm -hmm. If he'd gone, gone in a little bit prepared, and I think... He's not surrounded himself with solid advisors who will rehearse him for the smallest of things. Even if he's going to a village to console somebody, he should be prepared because clearly he can't handle it ad hoc. Mm. He has to be prepared. And this showed that he was coming from a good place. T-shirt jeans penke aagya, do teen question yaad rakhe, but never anticipating. In fact, Telegraph wrote, Telegraph of Calcutta wrote a lovely piece that you don't ask questions in a witness from To Kill a Mockingbird mm. unless you... don't you, know the answer. And you don't know the answer. Mm. So he should have easily anticipated either options. What was your reading of that interaction, uh, Jaggi? Uh, and the flag it got? Well, I, think, uh, I think the idea is good of engaging uh, uh, with a lot of people. But uh, I think politicians simply need a lot more preparation. And I am sorry to say, it is not just Rahul. Most politicians are unable to really uh, connect the dots between what they know about a situation and how it affects you, you know. I mean, that's the problem. And I think uh, Rahul is no exception to it. In fact, he is worse because he's not a natural speaker. I mean, he has to be, first of all, coached to with certain lines. And if you just have certain lines without feeling them, then there is a problem. Huh? I mean... <laughs> he comes across as insincere. I think he comes across as he's rattled something. Sorry, Anand, you tell Yeah, no, I, I think, first of all, I think his T-shirt was Ralph Rollin, which costs about 10,000 bucks. So, suit oh, boots are... <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, uh, there are very few things that are more embarrassing than Rahul there in front of There are t-shirts that cost 10,000 bucks. You know, but okay. I mean, having said that, I, yesterday, my, yesterday my opinion was at least, at least the questions weren't scripted. Mm. Okay, and today I find, I mean, Telegraph saying that, uh, you know, the...
they were scripted questions. So nine no, questions. Not for, they were, he was given some questions. He was, he was given the questions. Uh, not all. To prepare. Nine, nine girls, nine questions. Oh, were is, that, given. is that what the telegraph said? What do you mean? Yes. The no, but telegraph said, yes, the telegraph questions reported, that he was asked. asked. No, they were given three days ago. Hmm. Uh, telegraph reported that he was given questions, but when he arrived there, he said, feel free to ask. I think it was so a very balanced report. Questions. He said, feel free to ask me anything that you like. And they did. But how do you know that the feel free, the people who felt free to ask were not those exact nine people? Because those no, because questions uh, stumped him. He wasn't so prepared. That is what I mean. And that is, I had to apologize today because I thought yesterday that the questions weren't scripted because of the embarrassing and inept nature of the answers. You know? <laughs> but maybe some were and some weren't. What I'm saying is it's not It's not. No, in fact, uh, I read an open letter by a student uh, of uh, Mount Carmel uh, who said that uh, uh, who, who said that it wasn't, you know, I mean, uh, in the immediate aftermath of what happened, you know, Times Now went quite crazy, you know. Totally uh, batshit crazy. Uh, yeah, totally batshit crazy. You know, which uh, apparently it wasn't as bad as it was shown to be. You know, yeah. because there was a, a mix. Uh, you know, an equal number of people saying no, it's not working. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I don't think that bit was scripted. At, at, at least, if, even if it was scripted, because I don't think I was a question right? because he was the one asking. So I don't think you can really, you know, preempt yeah, so that. I just said something. Yeah, I don't think you can really preempt that. You know, no, Rahul's going to ask you. You know, um, and you all say yes. Uh, and you all say I don't think that happened. In fact, on th sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So, so I, I just think that uh, I mean I, I'm just quite surprised by the line that Times Now took, you know, I think this was, I, I, I don't think this was, uh, you know, political. I think this was purely TRP driven because it's, it's so much f fun to, you know, make fun of Rahul Gandhi. Yeah, it's easy thing to do. But as it turns out now, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't overwhelming. Yes, you know. But I think uh, Times Now has uh, even stopped pretending to, like, you know, to stay on the reality plane. They just take off on their own reality. Like, for example, Madhu's, uh, what she said about Zaka's show. I thought Zaka's show was very good. It had a balance. And he showed what happened. You know, some people said no, some said yes. For To his second question, more said yes and less said no. You know, but there was a balance. Whereas uh, Arnab on Times Now had just decided that this is my alternate reality. I honestly but think... You know, uh, I mean, I want to make a point. Planet Times Now has, has basically done an Arundhati. It has seceded not from the country, it has seceded <laughs> from reality. They're in a different world. Yeah, but I want to make a larger point here. Sorry, uh, sorry, Nidhi. But, uh, uh, you know, it is that Rahul is a small fry. The elephant in the room is that 18 months have passed and Narendra Modi hasn't given, hasn't been asked, hasn't given an interview to an Indian journalist. Or a press conference. He should do a press conference. A press conference, you know. And well, yesterday I... Uh, HT interview. Yeah, but, you know, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ah, come, come on. on. You know, it has to be... It has to be... I mean, and no democracy, democracy do I find... You should have a press conference every three months at yeah. least. Not only press conference. I mean, you should... You know, and this, this kind of bogey that people have this, uh, you know, this vic play the victimhood that for 13 years press was hounding him. You know, there are all... Everyone is a prostitute. All the press people are out to get him. I mean, surely he can identify at least half a dozen or a dozen journalists that he feels are not quote-unquote P, asterisk, asterisk, whatever. Why should he identify? He should have an open press no, conference and I mean, take questions. Even if he wants away, to, yeah. I'm being devil's advocate mm. here. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying not. to say that. I mean, Rather not have a press conference like that. Have an open press conference. Excuses have run out. Like the and, old you know, days. Should, uh, I mean, it, it's a mockery. It's a mockery of democracy. And journalism, honestly, has become like somebody says, how are you? Times Now will pick it up and say, you, he said, you, 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 you. Yeah, that's Times it's Now. It's gone crazy. Yeah. And I... they, as they did on their election campaign, 
I mean, there's such lies. On the election coverage. Election coverage. I looked at it rather slowly, checking each There was frame. a Freudian slip there. They, <laughs> they, took, they took out only uh, clips from uh, Arnab, which proved that he actually was right. But the numbers show the opposite. So if you compare the two carefully, none of it matches. It's a master of manipulation. No, I think uh, Times Now has... He, they know that no one is even believing what they're saying. Chalo, khelte hai, tamasha karte hai, log oh, I have a dekhte. question for Jaggi on the Jaggi. related uh, election thing, Jaggi. Mm -hmm. Jaggi, you know about the access, uh, op, uh, you know, the exit poll. poll that IBN Live, which is owned by Reliance, I think, did not carry... And as it turned out, that poll was the one which was absolutely, you know, bang on bullseye as far as the, uh, you know, the number of seats was concerned. Uh, and uh, IBN Live gave no explanation at all for why it refused to carry... They uh, did, actually. They gave, uh, we, we spoke to them. Uh, Arunab's report, they, they did the, the say editorial that... Judgment, yeah, it was, they, they, they thought that it do was... Do you agree, Jaggi, with the editorial judgment on an exit poll, which is a database thing? I mean, you know, if you don't like data, you don't want to carry it? Right. No, no, no. I think it is ridiculous. I mean, uh, this happened with India today, I think, about in 1984, because their projection showed, uh, I think, uh, Rajiv Gandhi or somebody walking away with some huge numbers. I think uh, then they were worried about whether they'll look silly. So I think uh, that was something like that uh, happens. So um, I think sometimes when some uh, exit poll shows you something that seems contrary to uh, uh, so-called objective, uh, observable reality, then you think uh, you don't want to look stupid. That's one reason that we, why something may like that can happen. But anyway, but uh, I don't know what is the, I don't have the full details on this because I was not involved in it. And what do you think, Jaggi, of Chanakya's excuse that when they gave 150 seats to BJP, they're saying that wo Excel sheets may have kuch tha, they wanted, they actually <laughs> meant Mahagat Bandhan. <laughs> I, I think the, uh, I think the problem is like, uh, uh, I think, why, I think what Chanakya does is they try and sen sense which direction something is going and then they try to correct it because we know that if say there is a 3% tilt in one direction, then you don't get just a 3% increase in the number of seats, but a huge increase. Huh? So they must have just done, played the percentages and just tried to see if there's something like that happened. But I think this time it was fairly clear that it was heading Nitish's way. And I wrote as much that he's likely to have... Yeah, remember your piece. You, had you called it, right, Jaggi? Congratulations, uh, by the way. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, remember. I said once you see the certain trends, you can see that that's where it's heading. So it was likely to happen. I mean, uh, Maybe you don't want to see the numbers. That's the problem. You should have sent that to your sister organization. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of disagree no, with... I'm not involved there. Huh. I don't disagree with what Anand says, you know, I, I don't think... I, I'm I, so I, surprised. Uh, I, I, no, <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it's perfectly... No, recently he's been agreeing with me, he's been seeing a lot of sense. So. <laughs> I think it's perfectly alright to cite editorial judgment and not carry an exit poll. I, I, I'm not uh, holding a brief for saying I win because that's not what happened. I, I mean, because, you know, uh, exit polls, to, to be honest, are not really data-driven or scientific. I mean, I think I think I think if I think if a reporter on ground says the opposite, I think there are there's way more reasons to believe the report on ground and believe you know a set of people you know you don't but know. But this was the opposite. Ha, this I'm not saying I'm just saying that in terms of you, you know, think generally, not, in as terms in of, if, if and as an editor, I think if you think that you know, oh, I don't think exit polls, this exit polls are right. I don't think then you're discarding data. I think I think it's a it's a, it's a perfectly legit thing. Yeah, to do. but this um, you're right. But the point I agree with you. But the, the in this case, it was in fact the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. That's what I said. This, I'm not talking about uh, saying I'm just talking in general about editorial judgment okay, over exit polls. Okay, quickly, we just have another five minutes. Uh, I just want to share something that.
I loved this week. Ajaggi, if there's anything you want to share, please, we like to give our viewers stuff also that we thought was good, not just bad. Uh, a podcast on Radio Lab called Birth Story. I heard that. It is. I mean, that story is just so amazing. And you know, there's a natural drama in it because there was an earthquake, you know, an Israeli gay couple, you know, go to Nepal to adopt the laws in Nepal. A Nepali woman cannot be a surrogate mother, but an Indian from here can go there and become a surrogate mother for a gay couple in and then the Nepal earthquake happened and they had these triplets and they were running. I mean, everything about that story, the way it was done, just how it actually played out and the kind of time they spent in, in finding that, you know, the surrogate mother somewhere on Orissa or Bihar or wherever. I, I thought that was a fantastic and it, the link is below. Um, uh, you should definitely check out the story and I think podcasts are the future of storytelling. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I listened to the wrong link. Okay. <laughs> so which one I, did you? I yeah. clicked on the link you sent me and I heard this absolutely amazing discussion about uh, babies' perception and mind and science. Oh, that was another one. Mm. There were two on babies. Okay. Right. But even that was interesting. But Very interesting, uh, you should check yeah. out the birth story one. And uh, there is one link that Madhu, Madhu sent us about... Um, the debate on uh, atheism, religion, and God between uh, Tony Blair and uh, Christopher Hitchens. I right. thought that was a fantastic debate. Absolutely fantastic debate. As was your piece. I don't know. About that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Lovely piece, Anna. Yeah, and there's actually some guy tweeted, she looks very young for 84. <laughs> you, they thought you were actually 84. Well, I can facelift, uh, you know, <laughs> Botox, and uh, 84. Uh, karke, I look like. Uh, uh, Jaggi, you want to share something with us? And then I have largely stayed off the media this week, so I, I'll pass this time. <laughs> I see. Uh, Arunab, Manisha, you want to share something with us? Um, I think on the Amir Khan debate, read Rahul Pandita's piece in Scroll. Amir Khan isn't alone, I too am a little afraid of living in India. It's a very nice piece. Puts a lot of things in Put perspective. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you you also to suggest the same one. Yeah, it was a good nice. So one. why don't you suggest your own on on uh, the reliance thing that no one covered in mainstream media? I think that is a that warrants a discussion. Also, I think it. our listicle on uh, the censor chief's movies that he produced is oh, excellent. Oh, that was so brilliant. Except please, the please. editing, they cut it off too soon. Yeah, it, they cut it off too the soon. Bad editing. It's yeah. just it's hysterical. I can't believe. I'd like to wind up on that note on the censor chief. Uh, thanks, Jaggi, for joining us. Thank you. A pleasure Jaggi. having you. Good luck in your next inning with uh, Swaraj. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we uh, have high expectations from all smaller independent outfits that are not completely dependent on the big boys. Uh, and we hope you can spread your wings. Fly, Juggy, fly. <laughs> and, uh, All the best, Juggy. But we want you to stay on for the song because we dedicate a song at the end of every episode. But before I do that, I'd like to thank Mahima Singh who produced this podcast because Karthik Nijhavan is on leave. Uh, he's off attending his, a friend's sister's wedding. And Karthik, if you're listening to this, please bring back Mithai for us. Uh, at least for the rest, even though I can't have too much. And also, I'd like uh, to plug uh, I Pay to Keep News Free. Get on to newslaundry.com, click on I Pay to Keep News Free, and subscribe. In fact, we have a special offer till Christmas if you subscribe now. In the Game Changer category, you get our graphic novel, Amar Bari, Tomar Bari, Nakshal Bari, absolutely free. So hurry, subscribe now. Follow us on Twitter, check us out on Facebook, like our YouTube page. And uh, I'll just wind up with this song, which is dedicated to two people. One is Peter Mukherjee and Pehlaj Nihalani, who's going to be eased out of the board for film certification 
in India. Yeah, they're supposed to India. just say A, U, R, whatever. Yeah. And they go and they start chopping and cutting. And so, uh, this is, uh, he's, you know, and apparently he's being removed because everyone's really embarrassed with the uh, I love Modi kind of video <laughs> he made. So, they said, yeah, itna bhi, itna bhi na karo mujse pyar. So, uh, this song goes out to both uh, Peter and uh, Mr. Nahlani. Uh, good luck for your future. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Jaggi. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. So, Mr. Nahalani, uh, don't love so much that it gets you fired. <laughs> Anyone else has anything to say before we say goodbye to our viewers? Oh, yeah. Please subscribe to News Laundry. If you want us to do great stories, investigative stories, we need your support. So, we don't go to advertisers and corporates can't influence us. Please, please subscribe. Goodbye from all of us. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Catch all new episodes of NL Hafta on newslaundry.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook.